Good day of the week, listeners. It's your boy, Crispy, and you are tuned in to Final Thoughts Media Podcast Edition. So open your ears and have a great day on purpose. y'all welcome back i am recording this so late so so late so it might be coming out late and i apologize um something that i recently realized is that i am now doubled doubled my videos from when i changed over from actual video format to podcasting i've also got a lot more followers like well at least a lot more downloads and i really really appreciate that like you guys have no idea how much i appreciate that so something let's see what's been going on throughout the week uh i still have the cat um he is still a bother but he's getting independent every day and honestly it's been great like he hasn't been meowing as much um i still can't find a place for him like I think I should probably start putting him online or just taking him to one of the shelters. I tried calling one of the rescues today and they said, yeah, as long as you send it and he's healthy, then it's a 90% chance that, you know, he won't be killed. But I don't like, I don't like the, even the slimmest of chances that he would be. So that's why, you know, I've been keeping him around, (sighs) but I don't want to, I don't want him to be, you know, one found or two. You know, I don't want him to be killed either. So, I don't know. Trying to make decisions here. Trying to do life. Oh, man. But some good news. My friend Leo just came out with a new album. And we made a uh, commercial for him. And, you know, I want you guys to hear it. So, here's Leo. No more switching sides. Hey, what's up? It's Leo. I just dropped a new song. Catch me on SoundCloud backslash Leonardo. Thank you for your support. No matter where I go, I got you, baby. No matter what you do, you know that I got you, baby. No matter where we go. Alright, so we're back to the show. We are on episode three of Black Sands, The Seven Kingdoms. Uh, It's a Black Sands Entertainment 2020 production. This episode is 30 minute long and 54 seconds. So it's it's a pretty long one. Pretty long one. Uh, Again, the producers are Black Sands. And unlike the other two episodes, which is my fault, I have finally found the um, cast list. So I'm going to read it off in... Apologize if I butcher your name. Christina Cloud is as a SAR. Malcolm Ray is Bess Apademak and Geb. Marion Toro is Amasemi and Nebet. Keith Shaw II is Seth. Aliyah Nicole is Osset. Hunter Scott is Ra. Kier Cosplay, interesting name, is Nuet. 
Miles Anderson is our quiche. Phil Avalos is assistant. Callum Jane is Jorbesh and Maduk. Kenya Rochelle is Asso. Uh, Wolf Williams is Anhur, Mantu, and Narrator. Akanimo Efang is in Closes. Uh, Starve Marving is Loresh. And Anthony Brandon Walker is Tehuti. So, we finally got that, and that was my bad. I should have really looked at the end of the show, you know, with all the, the things that say where the cat or the cast are, instead of just assuming that there was none. It's, let me phrase that. It's not that I assumed that there was none. It's just that I had, I was lazy, and I didn't look at the back. Sue me. So, the description is same as last time. For a thousand years, the world has been ruled by ancient gods. Humanity was on the verge of annihilations until the arrival of the first god killer, Ra. I am his grandson and the heir to the throne of Kemet. He took it upon himself to forge me into a ruthless god killer as well, become, because the ancient gods still rule most of this world. Every day he pushed me to the brink of death, but the time for training is finally over. Reunited with my kin, now is the time I forge my own path. I will be the greatest pharaoh that ever lived. I am a sovereign. All right. So first we are greeted with a cover page that seems like something out of a Lovecraft novel. It's creepy, but definitely drew me in. Then we get the title of the episode, Horror of the Sea, and this is the third episode. Um, the story starts with a shady ship being caught by the guard of the water and subsequently being the um, guard ship subsequently being devoured by the creatures on the cover. These creatures are seemingly commanded by the high lord, quote unquote, of the ship that is shady. Um, someone, however, was alive on the cliff and the following morning he goes and tells the counselor, not counselor, but counselor with an I, um, this actually meaning that he is a part of the local government council. The man is, um, he told he told this person about what had happened and the man has paid very handsomely for his troubles. Not having to work again a day in his life seems pretty nice. Yet I can, I feel why the counselor did this because he's probably going to be haunted by this for the rest of his days. And it is showing that these, uh, Sumer I think it's Sumerians, the Sumerians are a threat and they're in their waters. So... Of course, you'd be paid handsomely. Uh, we then changed to a Sar and company who just got off the boat um, that was taking them home from the battle that they had in Karma with Bess. Uh, Seth is thanking the men for bringing them home and thus is praised as a fine ruler and, you know, not being cursed because of his skin that people truly do believe that one day he'll be Pharaoh. And Asar being being to be next in line forgot about this about this courtesy and is immediately roasted by his eldest sister. Um, his younger sister, Aset, uh, is in the water and this giant crocodile it really appears. And you think that it's going to be a fight, but it's Sobek, apparently um, a friend of Aset's. He warns them of a creature, of the creatures that we, that we know attacked the ships on the previous pages. They then approach the temple of Memphis when we, and this is where we meet some new characters, presumably high guards for the royals or soldiers that fought with Pharaoh, the Pharaoh Ra in the battle against the ancient gods. We see, we see their father uh, talking, 
with what seems like a priest about matters of the people. Um, we f see that they are talking about the people finding out that the that these people have powers and they want to begin to worship them. He, the father, does contradicts this and says that while he understands what the people feel and how this could portray, overall is the Pharaoh's decision whether they do or not be praised. And the Pharaoh does not wish to be praised because he hates the ancient ones so much because, I mean, and during their time, they were worshipped and he, did, he just doesn't want to be like that. Uh, then we see Asar walk in and begin to boast about his fight. His father, his father calmly says to the priest, hey, can I have some time with my son? And the priest is like, okay. And, you know, Asar continuously begins to boast and his father just takes off his helmet and is like, no, 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 you're wrong. Not you're wrong. No, he, he says it a lot more eloquently, but he just says that you're very bullheaded and he's so much like Pharaoh and Asar, you know, kind of comes back at him like, yeah, of course I'm like Pharaoh because I'm supposed to be a Pharaoh. This is how Pharaohs act. This is what Pharaohs do. And ultimately my actions were permitted by Pharaoh and you are not he. And I was like, ooh, ooh. And while Geb, name of the father actually, while Geb um, agrees, he does say that he is still his father and it is his job to chastise him. While I'm looking at this, I really, really wish that I had the pants that these guys have. They look so comfortable, like very airy and baggy, like not baggy like they're about to sag, but baggy <coughs> as in like they're, they're flared and I really want something that's like that. In the next conversation, he tells Asar that he should have been more aware of his sister and that he believes she should go train with someone from Kerma. And, you know, she doesn't like that. She doesn't, she comes around and she doesn't like that. And she's like, I don't want to leave father. During this time, a messenger from the war front comes and tells Geb about the fight. And that the giants have joined the fight and thus he has been requested to join the fight. You know, a lot of fighting here. Um, Geb then explains to the kids that the Nephilims are the race that Asar uh, was actually trained to kill. And he then leaves them in the care of the guards we met outside the temple. We then meet another warrior named Nekbet and she seems to have the power of a ever watching gaze. Um, we then see the next scene that Seth is given a message from the counselor from earlier. Asar inevitably grabs that message and breaks the seal and is thus in even more trouble as only the Pharaoh should have been able to do so. Seth reads the letter and it is assumed that the contents is not good. And later we get to another scene. Later during that next scene, we see a servant who was Asar's friend, and I don't see the point in this, but I guess it's like, oh, you know, we're not all, they're not all bad. Um, but regardless, the servant was a friend, which uh, then leads into an argument between the siblings about um, Asar's action and whether his, you know, ends justify the means. And Seth explains the diplomacy behind what Asar did and why it was so bad. 
as well as the contents of the message. Asara decides to get a wild hair, which is kind of funny seeing as he's bald, and wants to leave once again. Seth, on the other hand, says that doing that wouldn't be in his best interest and he would be doing this, he would be doing all of this in spite of Pharaoh, which Asar has these flashbacks of how he was trained and he's like, nah, I don't want all this smoke. So he's like, he just, he just decides to sit down. Um, Tehuti, the messenger that went to um, that went to Pharaoh, talks with talks with Pharaoh Ra, and his judgment his judgment the Pharaoh's judgment is to let Asar fight his own battles and deal with his own repercussions. You know, so he goes and tells Asar, "Hey, you know, the Pharaoh permits you to do whatever you feel is right." But be wise about it because your actions lead to your siblings being involved and your siblings being involved could lead to their deaths. Which does not stop Asar or the kids from deciding that they want to go. Somehow a big hole in the story is that while Pharaoh permits Asar's actions, they still have to pass these three warriors. So it's kind of like, hey, why don't you just say, hey, the Pharaoh said I could go and I know my dad told me to stay, but Pharaoh... You know, but I guess this is storytelling and I'm, I I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. We then get explained the job of Tehuti by his presumed wife. He is a watcher and thus not, you know, he's not really supposed to be guiding these children. He's just supposed to be recording the events. Um, from context clues, we get that his power can probably be seeing a glimpse into the future and... This this um this ability probably leads him to be a confidant for the pharaoh and the royals in general. We then see that Spartans are in this universe. That's adding to the realism of the time. We see that they are sick of the Minoans and want to enslave them. Minoans being part of Egypt and where uh, their father Geb is actually going to fight the Nephilim. Um, they want to enslave them so they can use them to fight the Titans. They believe them themselves to be superior because they always fight and they fight for war and not to fight for war, but to end the war. And it's just it's just a bunch of propaganda. We also learn that they have a prodigy, assumably like Asar in strength. So it's it shows that the magic or power that's in this world does not only abide in Egypt. Because they say that with this boy, we would um, no Titan would ever be able to, you know, come against us. So that's something interesting. And then we get another uh, country, the country of Athens, and a messenger tells the commander about the onslaught that the Spartans plan to do to Manoa. And the commander says to everybody that any able-bodied man should be training at this point um, so that they can prevail in the when the war begins, because inevitably this is going to cause a war. He claims that even though they come from the same area, their ideals are not the same and they are not the same as the Spartans. Um, and that's pretty much the end of the episode here. So my final thoughts. This was a, whew, this was a episode. Was it kind of a builder episode? A little bit. It did just show a lot of new characters, a lot of new places, but it was interesting. Um, as I say, there's a lot of fight scenes and a lot of things that, you know, I would like in it. No, but I definitely see the point in why they did what they did. 
and I will give them an 8.5 because honestly, I just enjoyed it. It was it was kind of just nice to coast a little bit, you know? Like, we know that something as big is about to happen and they're really building it up. But much like, again, Steven Universe, they build up slowly and put little bits here and there showing that, hey, this is something bigger than what you think. But we're going to still tell the story of the main story while kind of telling you a side story that's going to eventually become the main story. And I love that about this. So I'm giving it an 8.5 and I can't wait for the next episode. Oh, guys. So... I'm sorry that this is going to be late, and again, thank you guys for all the support, and I can't wait to see you all next. Well, that about does it for this episode. This is Crispy signing off. You can find me on Instagram at Final Thoughts Media, or go to my YouTube channel, Final Thoughts Media. Catch you guys on the next episode, and have a great day. Bye.